Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Good morning, everybody. It's so good to see you. We want to welcome those that are watching online as well. We welcome you. And if you're new to SEC, my name is Jeff, and I'm the lead pastor here, and we're delighted that you're here today with us, whether online or in the room. I want to say this before we get started. We have uh, one more week uh, before our election is uh, next Tuesday. I want to remind you of that. I want to encourage you to exercise your right to vote. A lot of people gave their lives that we could have this right, so please uh, make sure that you, uh, you avail yourself to that opportunity. We're in a series called The Perfect Prayer, and it, the, we've discovered that the perfect prayer is the Lord's Prayer, and today what, I, what I've been saying every week is that we have a, a triple uh, plan to, to, to help you grow spiritually. It's called the triple option. And we are actually uh, doing the sermons on Sunday morning to help you grow. And then also, we're asking you to be a part of a group. And again, you can start a group with your own family or, or with whomever you like. Uh, or you can join one of our groups. Uh, if you'll see them at the table where the books are, and they'll help you with that. And then the third way is, is the, the book. I've written a book just for you uh, to help you grow. You say, Pastor Jeff, why did you write this book? because I wanted to give you information that I can't just share with you uh, in a 30-minute time frame. And I want to help you grow more than anything else. That's my life goal is help your life get better. And so this is a gift to you. Uh, it's free of charge. It's a gift. And so please pick yours up on the way out. If you're watching online, you can swing by our office uh, and pick one up, or either you can contact us, and we'll figure out how to get one to you. So, all right. Now, I know you've been standing a little while, and you've been, you just sat down, so I want you to stand again. Work your knees out today. Someone said, yeah. We, uh, we want to encourage your knees to stay lubricated. We want to say, the reason I'm having you stand is because we're going to say the Lord's Prayer together. The Lord's Prayer is not meant just for special occasions like a, like a, a wedding ceremony or a funeral or something like that. The, what, the, Jesus gave us this prayer to say every day. That's what I'm trying to teach you, is the meaning of it, so you can pray it every day. And so let's say it together. It's coming up on the screen. You ready? Here we go. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 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 You may be seated. This prayer is so powerful. Once you understand it, the meanings of it, every phrase has a meaning. 
We said that, first of all, when we start off the prayer with our Father, it reminds us of a statement. So let's say the our Father, and then let's say the statement underneath. You ready? Here we go. Our Father, God loves me no matter what. Man, that should give us confidence to approach God. The second thing that we've said is the second statement that Jesus gave us in this prayer. Let's say it. You ready? And what's underlined or what's under it? Here we go. Hallowed be thy name. I praise you, God. I praise you, God. Before I give you the third statement of the prayer, which is so powerful, again, my, my hope is that you would begin to pray this prayer every day, is I want to ask you, do you know of any of a strong-willed child? Do you know of a strong-willed child? Okay, yes. It's amazing. In every service, I didn't ask anybody to raise their hand. They automatically did it. I see across the room here did that too. When I say strong-willed child, you probably think of maybe a brother or sister Maybe a niece or nephew, maybe a, a, a neighbor's kid, or maybe you think about the child that you saw at the store that was screaming for candy from their parents and the, how they were screaming and pitching a fit and laying on the floor, kicking and screaming and embarrassing everybody. That's a strong-willed child. What, what are they trying to do? A strong-willed child is a child that determines that they're going to have their way no matter, what, no matter what way their parents said they should go. They're choosing to have their way, right? It's like they're making a choice. They're going to say, I'm going to have my will over my parents' will, my will over whoever will. So it's a war against the wills, right? The choice. And I want to tell you, if you do not know a strong-willed child, just go home and look in the mirror. Amen. <laughs> the problem that God has with all of us is our will. We are strong-willed children when it comes to our faith. And so we want our way, right? We want to do what we want to do, when we want to do it, how we want to do it. That's, that's the struggle that we have, yes. is our will. And so today, as we begin this prayer, the third phrase of the prayer, this is where Jesus addresses your, your strong will and my strong will in my life. And this is what he says. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done. So let's say what's under that. You ready? Come on. Have your way, God. Have your way. Let's do it. Again. Let's read the whole thing again. You ready? And let's emphasize have your way. Here we go. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Have your way, God. When you get to that point in the prayer, that's what you're saying. I'm going to release my will. I want to embrace your will. I want to stop being a strong willed child. And that's powerful once you begin to understand that. So today I want to talk to you about how to live in the will of God, how to live in the will of God, where I can deny my own will and live in the will of God. So the first thing I'd like to share with you, I'm going to share three things with you that are so powerful. The first one is this. Number one is to acknowledge the will of God. We can never live in the will of God until we acknowledge the will of God. What is the will of God? That's the question. What is it? And I would tell you that I'd like for all of you that are watching online and in this room, just cast your eyes this way. The will of God is found in the Word of God. Yes. You will never know the will of God without the Word of God. And that's why it's so important that you read the Bible so you can know what God wants. Yes. You have to know the will of God. Now, Jesus, I never will forget reading this one passage once. I've read it many times, but I read it a couple years ago and it really stuck out to me. Jesus was, right before he started his earthly ministry, doing miracles and those kind of things, the Bible said he was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted of the devil. 
And so that, and, and, and when he was out in the desert, the reason he was out there is he was out there praying and fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. The Bible says he was praying and fasting. And so, of course, when you're fasting, you get hungry, right? I mean, when you're not eating anything, you get hungry. And, uh, and so the devil come to Jesus and said, well, if you're the son of God, why don't you take those rocks over there, those stones, and why don't you turn them into bread so you can have something to eat? And, uh, you know, it's like somebody bringing a Twinkie by and just saying, hey, don't you want it? Yeah. You know, while you're fasting. I mean, that is, that's, that's of the devil right there, I can tell you that. And so this is what Jesus said to the devil. Look what he says in Matthew 4 and 4. Jesus said this. But Jesus told him, no, the scripture says people do not live by what? Bread, Bread alone, but by what? Every word that comes from the mouth of God. Every word that comes from the mouth of God. When I read this uh, several years ago, for whatever reason, it was like God dropped this thought into my mind. You can't do better or be better until you know better. The problem with our society today is the majority of people do not know God's word, so they can't do better. That's where you and I come in. We have to be a living word, amen, to show them the example. But you can't do better, be better, till you know better. You have to know God's word. Several years ago, my son Tyler, now he's 28 years old, but when he was like in the first grade, we had taken a, uh, we had went to eat with his grandparents, and after the, the meal, we decided that we were going to go to Target. And so we went into Target, and uh, his grandparents went one direction, and we went another direction. And I think, I can't remember exactly which aisle he and I was on, my son and I. But all I do, re I do remember what happened. And that is he looked up at something on the shelf, and he said, what the H is that? <laughs> he didn't say what the Hades it is. No, he said, what the H is that? I said, what did you say? He said, what the H is that? I said, no, 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 don't say that. Don't say that, don't say that. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, where did that come from? Because, you know, uh, his mother has never said a curse word in her whole life. And uh, I know I, didn't, I don't say anything like that around the house. The only time I say curse words in front of you, I just want you to know that. I just want you to know that. Everyone that I say is recorded, all right? I just want you to know. How did our son learn that? And I said, well, hang around the members, kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I said, where did, where did you hear that? Well, he started school and on the playground, yeah. he began to hear other people talk. And he learned that there. But here's what I want to tell you. I didn't punish my son because he didn't know better. He had no idea that that was wrong. He just didn't know. And had I not been there to say, son, that we don't say words like that, except we're in church. <laughs> we don't say words like that. And, and so he couldn't do better or be better until he knows, knew better, right? And that's the same way with you and I. We will never know the will of God until we get into the word of God. And there's something that you're doing wrong in your life that's, that's, that's keeping you from being blessed by God that you don't even know and you won't know until you get into the word of God. Amen? Amen. And so... Get in the Word of God. Get in the Word of God. I, I remember, again, uh, years ago when I became the pastor of this church, I met a man by the name of Harold Adams, who was one of the founding members of the church. He said, he called me Brother Jeff. Here I was. I was 26 at the time. I think he was 60-something. But anyways, he said, Brother Jeff, he said, I want you to know that I had to work, I worked three jobs trying to make a living to feed my family.
And he said, you know what? He said, because no one taught me about tithing. I didn't know. He said, and once I began to tithe, I realized then I could, I could let go of two of those other jobs. I had one job because God could do more with 90% and I could do with 100%. He said, so that's when I became a tither. He said, I didn't tithe because I didn't know. He couldn't do better, be better until he knew better. And that's what I want to challenge you. Get into God's word so that you'll know better. Jesus said this in Matthew 6 and 33. Look what he says. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God. Now, let me stop right there. Let me stop right there. I got to tell you something. When you say, hear the word kingdom of God, Jesus said, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done. It can be a little bit like, what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is wherever the will of God is done. Like right now in heaven, right now, we would say, okay, the kingdom of God's in heaven. Yes, because the will of God's being done. But Jesus said, you know what? The kingdom of God is coming to you. How does the kingdom of God come to you? When you receive Jesus into your life and all of a sudden you begin to try to do the will of God, then you enter the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. You see, when you don't have, when you're not pursuing God and you're doing what you want to do, you're in your kingdom. You're in the king, like the kingdom of Jeff. That's a scary place to be. And this kingdom of whatever your name is. But when you do the will of God, you get into the kingdom of God. So Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. See, when you seek God's will first, the kingdom of God, when you seek God's will first and you pursue God's will, then guess what? When you're pursuing God's will and you're trying to live in God's will, then the favor of God follows you. You get the favor of God with the will of God. Does that make sense to you? When you're doing the will of God, you get the favor of God. And I just want to stop right now. Because there's someone in this room and there's some people watching online that have not crossed over yet and submitted their life to the will of God. And you know how you do that? You say, dear Lord Jesus, I need you to come in my life and I need you to save me. And this prayer, Lord, is not some kind of fairy tale, but God, I believe you to save me and forgive me of my sins. I believe you died on a cross and you rose from the dead and I need you to help me to do your will. And if you say that and you mean it in your heart, I want to welcome you into the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen, amen. You say, what benefits do I have being in the kingdom of God? That is this. You have the greatest peace of all. Because you know what? That that you know you can pillow your head at night and know if the world ends, it, it just ends here, you'll be in heaven with Almighty God and you'll live forever. That's the greatest thing. Amen? Amen. And you have his favor on earth. So if you did that, if you pray that prayer, again, uh, we want you to check it on your connection card if you're in the room or if you've got our app, you can check it on that connection card as well. If not, you can just text us following Christ to that number you see on the screen so that we can pray for you in this new journey that you're on. Amen? All right. So it's coming up on the screen again. Let's say it again, this statement of the Lord's Prayer. Here you go. You ready? Your kingdom come, your will be done. Ready? Here we go. Have your way, God. Have your way, God. Okay, how to live in the will of God, number two, is surrender your will to the will of God. Surrender your will to the will of God. Notice this next verse I have on your outline, James 4 and 6. Notice what it says. God opposes the who? The proud. But he gives grace to the humble. Notice that. Now, notice that when, we are, when we're proud, when we're full of pride, God is opposing us. In other words, he's, he's working against us. God opposes the proud, 
but he gives grace to the humble. Now, let me just talk to you about pride just a moment. Pride, one of the, the, the most terrible things that pride does for us is pride kills relationships. Yes. It kills relationships. And pride can creep in and you're not even aware of it. You know, when you become so full of yourself that you, you don't even begin to hear that. You don't realize that it's happening to you. Amen? I know it never happens to any of you because you don't pride for, you know, it happened to me. One of the greatest examples of this that happened in my life is this. I, I never will forget, uh, I was standing in, in our master bathroom and uh, Rhonda and I had had an intense conversation. Okay, I wouldn't say we were fighting, okay, but we had an intense conversation with us, fighting around our house. And I remember, you know, because I, I'm the, I can win every argument. So she'd gotten quiet, which usually ticks me off anyways, because I'm ready to let's just get it out and get it over with, you know. But I remember coming in, I was, I was there like brushing my teeth or something, probably the only time she'd get me to be quiet when I had my toothbrush in my mouth. And she stands in the doorway right there in that bathroom. She looks at me and she said, Jeff, you make me feel like you don't need me. Yes. Man, it was like somebody took a knife and stuck it right in my chest. Mm -hmm. The pain. And I was like, oh, God, Rhonda, I never want to make you feel that way. And I'm so sorry that I have. And what I understood, see, is that pride kills relationships. Yes. When, you, when, you're, when you're prideful, you know what you say? The, the height of all pride is this, I don't need you. Yes. That's what pride says. Pride says, I don't need you. And any time that we refuse to bring God into our daily activities, we're saying, God, I don't need you. And God opposes the pride, but he gives grace to the humble. That means God gives you what you can't do for yourself. That's what grace is. God doing for you what you can't do for you. Watch this. See, pride says, I don't need you, but humility says, I can't live without you. I can't live without you. Every day we should say, God, I just want you to know, I can't. Your kingdom come, your will be done. I just can't live without you. Have your way, God, because I can't live without you. That's what pride does. Pride does that. Now, I want to share something with you. Jesus, right before he went to be tried, you know, when, before he went to the cross, he had, a, he had a week straight from hell. I mean, it was horrible. And right before that week was about to happen, he took some followers of his and he said, let's go pray. Notice what Jesus said. In Luke 22 and 40, he says, on reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into what? Temptation. Temptation. Here's something I want to tell you. Why is it important to pray? When you pray, when you constantly are praying, you can see temptation when it's out there. You become aware that temptation is out there. When you do not pray, all of a sudden you're in the, you get in the middle of temptation before you realize it's hit you. Does that make sense to you? Prayer makes you aware that temptation is out there. You see it coming. You're, you see it coming. You're like, oh, no, I ain't going there. But when you don't pray, all of a sudden you're right in the middle of it and it's on and you're probably going to give in to it because it got you. See, if you can become aware that it's out there, you can keep it from getting in here. Amen? In your heart and your head. Prayer makes you aware that temptation is there. It's, out, it's right there. And I'm not going that way. Prayer makes you aware. Then we go on and listen to what Jesus said. 
as he prays, again, he's about to have to suffer the cross. And so that's what he calls the cup. Okay, so it's in here. He withdrew about a stone's throw away beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, again, God, your will, God, if you're willing, take this cup from me. The cup, what? The suffering he was about to have to do. Oh, but this last part determines, says he's part of the kingdom of God. Look what it says. Would you read it out loud with me? Ready? Here we go. Yet not my will, but your will, yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. Sometimes, here's what I want to tell you. Sometimes you can be in the middle of God's will and have, and it be difficult for you. Sometimes the will of God is not always easy and it's not always roses. Amen. Sometimes, listen, I'm sorry if, you, if somebody said, hey, you can become a Christian, you'll never have another problem. That, they lie to you. They lie to you. You see, it's not always roses, but thank God the Spirit of God helps us with the thorns that are on the roses. Amen. Helps us with that. What I want to tell you is this is like, so sometimes you're in, when you're suffering, you're in the middle of the will of God. Sometimes when things are not easy, you're in the middle of the will of God. Ask Jesus, right? I mean, remember, he's in the middle of the will of God, and, and he says, if there's any way that I don't have to go to that cross, God, then I, would, I, I don't want to go, but not my will, your will be done. And it was God's will for him to suffer for us and die for us, and because, he's, because he was willing to go through the will of God and suffer in the will of God, that we, today we're alive and we have the hope of heaven because of Jesus, amen? So I want to tell you, just because you're going through a bad time right now does not mean you're out of the will of God. I've I've just been praying and asking God to help me explain this to you. Sometimes, sometimes while you're in the will of God, you're going through a metamorphosis. Remember the caterpillar? Remember the caterpillar? It made me think of this uh, uh, several weeks ago. Rhonda and I were pulling up to our house, and and right above our garage door, right there at that little ledge, we saw that there was a, a, a row of, of caterpillars that had climbed up there and they had attached themselves to that. And, and there was more that was climbing up there like, man, what is this? And they were going up to spin their cocoon. And when a caterpillar gets in and he begins to spin his cocoon, it begins to get wrapped so tight that it thinks it's going to die. And, and, and as the caterpillar is like, oh no, this is the end of my life. No, that caterpillar is in the will of God. When it spins its cocoon, and then while it's in the cocoon, all of a sudden, it begins to get right at that point to where the breath is almost squeezed out of it, and it has to start fighting or it's going to die, and it'll begin to move around, and it will begin to move around. God's doing the work inside of that cocoon. It's beginning to do something inside of it, and, and it's changing it, right? And all of a sudden, as, as a caterpillar begins to move, it realizes it's got new things it never had before, and all of a sudden, it realizes it's got a wing over here, and it's starts stretching that wing this way and it starts stretching another one this way and it starts fighting and fighting and fighting and it's getting stronger and stronger and finally it breaks out of the cocoon and when it comes out of the cocoon it was so painful in there it was so horrible in there but when it gets out guess what it's no longer a worm anymore amen it's a butterfly that flies and it's beautiful hallelujah to God what I'm trying to tell you, what you're going through right now, you think it's going to kill you. You think it's going to take you down. No, no, no. God is letting you work the strength inside of you. Why? Because when you're in the will of God, doing the word of work of God, in the will of God, then guess what? You're getting stronger and stronger. And guess what? You're getting ready for the blessing of God. 
you gotta, you gotta go through something so you can get what you've been praying for. See, see, if God gives you right now what you've been praying for, you can't handle it. The caterpillar, the caterpillar, just a worm until it gets in the cocoon and it starts struggling. It's in the struggle that it becomes what it's supposed to be. And it's in your struggle that you'll be what God wants you to be. And listen, it's after the struggle that it becomes the beautiful butterfly. And it's after your struggle that you've been praying, God, give me this, give me this, give me this. And God says, okay, I got to put you in the cocoon. And once you get through that, then guess what? He can bless you what you've been praying for. You don't know nothing until you've been through something. You got to go through it. And so don't think that just because you're having a bad time that God doesn't like you anymore. No, he's helping you get stronger so that he can bless you more. So you can trust you with the blessing of God. Look what Jesus says in in Matthew uh, 23. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be what? I don't know how that affects you, but I read that a couple years ago. And again, you know, every time you read the Bible, it speaks to you all the time. And I remember God, that God speaking to me. He said, either I got a choice. Either I can exalt myself and live in Jeff's kingdom or, and let God humble me. Yes. Or either I can exalt God, you know, and humble myself. Yes. In other words, I can let God humble me or exalt me. I can choose. Yes. And you get to choose too. Do you want to be exalted by God or do you want to be humbled by God? That's the question you have to ask. Amen. And I determined that I think I just want to be exalted by him. So I'll just try to stay down here and humble myself. Amen. 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 So the question that you and I have to ask is this, is the will of God. What area in your life are you being a strong-willed child? You know it and I know it in my life and you know in your life. What area of your life are you being a strong-willed child and you're fighting against God? And my friends, your arms are long enough to fight with God. And so I want to challenge you, surrender your will to God. Surrender your will to God. You know, one of the things we love around SEC is like, one of the ways you surrender is by serving. That's why we have growth track here. Because when you serve other people, man, it it feels good to do good. And you're doing the will of God. And we want to help you with that. So we ask you to go to Growth Track. If you haven't been to Growth Track yet, then that's where you get to know all about SCC. And you get to know what gifts and talents you have. And we want to plug you in. We don't want to wear you out. We just want to let you do your part. You say, why would you do that, Pastor Jeff? Because listen, it's hard to rock the boat when you're rowing the boat. Amen. Amen. So grab an oar and let's go, baby, for the kingdom of God. Amen. Let's go for the kingdom of God. So let's coming up on the screen. Let's say it again. You ready? Here we go. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Here we go. Ready? Have your way, God. Wouldn't you love to be a parent? Some of you, some of you teenagers in this room, right? You want to freak your mom and dad out. Well, next time they tell you to do something, you say, have your way. Okay, let's do it your way. Now, don't do it sarcastically, all right, because that might get you about a week grounded, all right? <laughs> But just say, you know what, Mom, Dad, you know what, you're right. Just have your way. They are going to freak out. You will have the house to yourself because they're going to have, you're going to call 911. They're going to pass out. (laughs) Have your way. Number three is this. The third thing is this. 
pray God's will over every situation. Amen. Over every situation. Hebrews 11 and 6 says this, and without faith it's impossible to what? Please, Please God. God. You got to believe God. He goes on and says, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. It takes faith to move God. The hand of God, it takes faith. It reminds me of a, of a story I heard once. There were these two nuns. They were driving their vehicle. They ran out of gas. And it wasn't that far. There was a gas station. They just ran out. And so they decided, well, okay, we got to do something here. What can we do? And so they, they went to the back and opened up the trunk of the car and looked in it and said, okay, what's in here? They didn't have a gas container, but they did have a bedpan because they had worked at a hospital. So they took the bedpan and they go and they walk to the gas station. They said, you know, sir, we need some gas. And he said, well, I don't have a gas container. They said, well, we got this. They pulled out the bedpan. So he said, okay. So he put gas in, as much gas he could get in that bedpan. Carefully, they walked back to their car and they opened up the little uh, the lid to put the uh, cap to put the gas in the car. And they started pouring the gas into the car. And there was two boys from the country that drove by in a pickup truck. One of them looked at us and said, Bubba, did you see that? said, yeah, I did. He said, Bubba, that's faith right there. That is faith right there. <laughs> Some of you are going to wake up in the middle of the night and get that. <laughs> Look what the Bible says, 1 John 5 and 14. This is the confidence. Everybody say confidence. confidence. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to what? Not my will, his will. His will. You know why? Because his will is always what's good for us. It's not what we think, it's his will. He hears us. And we know that if he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. Here it is right here. Every morning you wake up, you got to make a decision. Am I going to be God today or is he going to be God? Every morning, you got to make that decision. Every morning. Am I going to be God or is he going to be God? And the way you do that is say, your kingdom come, your will be done. Have your way, God. Have your way. Let me tell you something. That's the way to live a stress-free life is to say, nope, God's in charge. I want to do something real quickly with you. I pray this prayer every day, the Lord's prayer every day changed my life. That's why I wrote the book. That's why I wanted you to have it. That's why I'm doing this series. I've been praying this prayer for about six years, and it's amazing what it's done. So when I get to this point in the prayer, I want to show you how to pray God's will. So I'm going to pray. I'm just going to say the prayer that I, like I pray to God in the morning, and it, and it changes every morning, but it sounds something like this every morning so that you will know how to do it. So I say, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. God, first of all, Father, I pray that your will be done and that you would give peace to Israel because your word says that you will bless those who bless her and curse those who curse her. So God, I pray for the peace of Israel. Lord, I pray today for those Christians in China that are suffering. I pray that your will be done, that you protect them, oh God, right now. Lord, they're going through a horrible time. Father, I pray for our mission partners in Pakistan. I pray that you would bless those Christians there, that the gospel is spread, and that your will be done. Father, I pray for our mission partners in Honduras, O oh Lord, that you would bless them. And I pray, Father, that your will be done in their lives. 
Lord, today I pray for our country. I pray for our president, our congressmen, our senators, our governors, our mayors, oh God. I pray that the will of God be done in every one of their lives, oh God, that our country may get better. Father, today I pray, oh Lord, I pray today for my son Tyler that your will would be done in his life. I pray for Caitlin that your will would be done in her life, oh God. I pray for Rhonda, oh Lord, that you would just bless her with what she needs and that your will would be done in her life, oh God. I pray today, Lord, for the people of Stockbridge Community Church, oh God. I pray, Lord, that you bless them and they're coming and they're going, oh God. I pray that the will of God is done in their life every day that they may know the favor of God. I pray you let the will of God come over my congregation, oh Lord, and that every day they know that you're there. I pray the will of God over their life, oh Lord. I pray God over my life, oh Lord, that you would let your will be done in my life, oh Lord. Have your way in my life, oh God. I pray that the will of God is done in my life, Father. And today I, I present it before you. Let your will be done. Amen. Now that's my way. That's my way of praying the will of God. You can do it ever how you choose. But it's just let the will of God happen. In order for the will of God to happen, we have to begin to surrender to God our wills, right? I want you to stand with me. I've asked our worship team to come and sing this song about surrender. Will you make it your prayer today? Listen, if you leave here today and you say, I ain't doing it, guess what? You're on your own. What area of your life do you need to surrender today? Don't walk out of here being in charge of it anymore because it's too much stress. You say, God, I surrender. You know, the greatest thing in the world is when you can surrender your job, your children, your parents, and you can surrender your spouse to God. It's amazing what he can do. Amen? Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.